brought to you by Brass and Unity. We make wearable conversation starters. Our new buddy check packs are available now. Grab one and check on one of your closest buddies. They may need it now more than ever. Go to brassandunity.com, use the code UNITY and get 20% off. And let's all heal together. And brought to you by Combat Flip Flops. Bad for running and even worse for fighting. Combat flip-flops are your ticket to the unarmed forces by providing you with military-inspired quality footwear for men and women. To help support the podcast and in support of women in developing countries, head over to combatflipflops.com and become a part of their unarmed forces today. Be sure to use the code UNITY at checkout and get 25% off. And brought to you by GFDA. Good fucking design advice. The voice in your head and the foot up your ass. GFDA makes prints, drinkware, and apparel for people who want to do their fucking best. Go and use the code UNITY and get 10% off now on anything on their site, including our collaborative product, Fucking Help Somebody. And brought to you by Daisy May Hat Co., the custom hat company based in Nashville, Tennessee. They make custom one-of-a-kind hats from wide-brimmed fedoras to cowboy hats. All of their hats are 100% beaver felt, and it's the highest quality hat you can get. They also have the coolest shirts ever. You can use the code BRASS at checkout for 15% off your entire order. Go and check out daisymayhats.com. Embrace the fever. Live the dream. And brought to you by Midday Squares. Have you ever tried a Midday Square? They are the first functional chocolate bar and they're making waves. They're vegan, gluten-free, dairy-free, soy-free, and non-GMO. They have 6 grams of protein, 4 grams of fiber, and omega-3s. Most importantly, they kill hunger, fuel your brain, boost your mood, and all from natural energy. They're everything a chocolate bar isn't and everything a protein bar wishes it was. Use the code KELSEY15 at checkout to get 15% off today. All right, I've got a special guest I'm very excited to have. Michael Brandt is someone that I got an opportunity to choose from a huge list of people to talk to. And this man popped out in a way that I didn't expect to be as, no offense, as interested in ketones as I was until now. And that's because you made it that way. So welcome to the show, to the show and thank you so much for being on. Elsie, thanks so much for having me and thanks everyone for listening in. It's going to be a fun conversation. Oh, it's going to be what other pretty used to our fun conversations at this point. It just might be a little different than what you're used to. So I'm excited for you. First off, I got to talk about it before we even get into your life story. I tried it. Of course I tried it. Um, I gave it a go and not going to lie. I had to mix it with something. Um, it's pretty I'm, weird. It's a different, I think I'll get used to it. I, I can see it being one of those tastes that you're like, oh, I just associate it with, hey, if I'm going to go on a long road bike ride, hey, I associate it with, for me personally, waking up in the morning and having like needing that boost, needing that way to kind of kick forward in the day. So I think it'll get there, but I gave it a shot and I got to say, I feel focused. I feel clear. There's no jitters. There's no up and down mood swing. It is impressive what you've created here, my friend. It is, uh, it's a unique supplement that, I don't know if I didn't meet Chase, if I would ever have been interested to. So I'm super stoked. So let's get right into it. First what off. What the hell is this? <laughs> what the hell is a ketone, my friend? And and what the hell is ketone IQ? IQ? Yeah. Well, your your body makes ketones. Everyone has ketones in their system right now already. Always have for 300,000 years. Your body makes ketones. Your body makes a lot of ketones when you do cardio. So triathlon, running. Your body also makes ketones when you're eating low carb or fasting. 
any context where you run low on blood sugar, your body will start making ketones. So you always have some amount of ketones present. And then if you, if you're more on that spectrum of endurance athlete or eating low carb, if you're, if you, if your carb tank, your sugar tank is lower, your body will make more ketones naturally. And ketones are this really efficient metabolic substrate, a really efficient form of energy. They're like your body's backup hyper-efficient battery pack. Our innovation here, we do a lot of work with the DOD, special operators. We do a lot of work with, I was just on Lance Armstrong's podcast, the Tour de France Pelotons are super hype on this. Like 60% of the riders out there are drinking ketones. Have you watched any of the the current, um, the ride? Yeah, I've watched it like off and on. I, 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 it's fun. I, I don't watch it. Like I don't glued every single minute of it, but I definitely watch the highlights, especially with the guys in Aspen. Yeah, you have to. I mean, what a, what a walk. Just, I love watching the Tour de France. I love watching the rides. I don't watch them all, but I'm like you. It's like, I want to see exactly what's going on in terms of the highlights. And my God, have there been some nasty crashes this year? I digress. Please continue. <laughs> yes. It's a wild sport. I think a lot of people don't realize it because it's like, Hey, who are all these like men in spandex, but it's a <laughs> tough as nails sport. Like it is it is like, those are some tough cookies out there. Mm -hmm. um, so our whole innovation here, ketones are this magic molecule. We figured out a way to put it into a shot, into a drink. So you can have direct access to it instead of, or on top of all those other wonderful things that, that you're doing with endurance exercise, good diet all around. It's basically tapping into nature's super fuel, but you just get to drink it. The, the DOD initially, when they, when we, they started working on this, they call it operation metabolic dominance. So there's, <laughs> there's a lot of different ways to think about what a ketone is. Oh, see, I see. That's going to be great for me and our listeners. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's fantastic. One, right? That yeah, was that's a, solid. It, DARPA, which you, you know, and a lot of mm -hmm. listeners I'm sure know like DARPA defense advanced research projects agency. They were poking around at this in like the early two thousands. And okay. And they, that was this opera program operation metabolic dominance. And they were really curious about extending warfighter performance, right? It takes a lot to train a special operator, like hundreds of thousands of dollars or more. Mm -hmm. um, and you want to, you want people to be able to be active for more years and be you know, mentally good, physically good for longer periods. Yeah. Protecting the investment of uh, soldiers and individuals when you're talking about special operations is a different thing. I mean, for when you're talking about conventional forces and NCOs and things like that, I mean, they have absolutely no issue uh, investing zero, little to zero money on keeping them uh, because they can go through them. There's more of those, but no matter how many people you dump into the pipeline for special operators, you're still only going to spit out the same amount because it takes a very specific type of person. And that person needs to be able to operate you know, optimally for longer periods of time. And sometimes in situations where you would have expected to be done the operation, but you're out there anyway. And so to see something like this, um, I mean, of course, of course, DARPA would be looking at, I guess I giggle when I think about DARPA looking at the body that way. But I mean, it, if you're, if you're any type of military, you need to be looking at your, your physical health, your mental health of soldiers and how to keep that longevity going. So it makes, it does make some sense in my eyes now that I, you know, dive deeper in my brain about it, but yeah. it's, it's an interesting topic because for, for you, I mean, you're, you're a runner. You're a, I, I love your the titles you give yourself. Like you're very imposter, 
imposter syndrome about it. You're like, I'm like a subpar kind of marathoner. I'm like, you run, I'm pretty sure what's the fat, what's your PR? Like what's the fastest you've done? 242. <laughs> that's ridiculous. Like six minute miles. Yeah. I mean, that's impressive, uh, in, by anybody's standard. So if I were you, I highly recommend you changing it to, I am a, it's in like just amazing, intense, <laughs> um, like put it in there, like six mile, six minute mile runner, but I am it's fantastic. It's, it's, it's funny, Kelsey, because I think that works 97% of the time until I'm like sitting across the table from someone on like the u.s national team they're like oh okay like i'm way faster right like like it works until it does it until you're sitting across from like and we do sometimes you're sitting across from like olympic athlete you're talking like apollo ono or lance armstrong talking about what a cool athlete you are and they're like all right all right cool story bro <laughs> i know listen i i can't say i i can say i i, I agree with you uh one of our brass and unity ambassadors is a Olympic gold medalist uh, in rowing in Canada. She lives down the street. She comes in and sits here, just brings her medal in. And I'm just sitting there going, I thought I was cool. <laughs> so like, I get too. it. <laughs> I, I, I listen, I run kind of like, yeah. I get it, but I yeah, mean, yeah. man, it's impressive. So was that really where you, you know what? I'm going to go back further. Cause I haven't heard this story before. How the heck does somebody get into running at the level that you have? My secret weapon with running is I, I love it. It's my happy place. I, it scratches the itch. I would probably be addicted to something else if not running. Okay. And so I just smile when I'm doing it. Like to me, it's like, it hurts so good to go run 14 <laughs> miles. Like it's just my happy place. And you don't want to see me when I'm not running. Like I'm just, I'm like fiending. I'm like, an, and I'm a grumpy person when I'm not running I'm a grumpy dad I'm a grumpy boss like I need to get after it pretty much every day so I I channeled that into a, a training program where I I, tra I channeled it and then dialed it up like you know when I'm really training for a marathon I'm hitting 70 plus miles a week hitting two a days weightlifting several times a week my normal mode isn't is like not or two down from there. And then when it's time for, okay, we got Boston marathon coming up, I'll put together a 12 week, 16 week training block where I'm just like amping it up to 11. And like, I think I got good quickly. Cause I'm a big nerd. Like I'm, I'm pretty athletic. I don't know if I'm like ma massively genetically gifted. I'm like five, six kind of skinny <laughs> guy. Like I'm kind of marathon build E, but I'm not whatever. I'm not, I don't think, I, I don't think it's just genetics by any means. Like I have been a big biohacker about it. I just measure everything and optimize. Mm -hmm. So one thing I do that's really standard is I'll go on runs where I go as fast as I can. Well, I'll wear a chest heart rate monitor and I'll yep. keep my heart rate under 140 BPM. So it's a complete opposite from how a lot of people train, which is like, go run, try to run as fast as you can try to go as hard as you can. I try to run like as peacefully as I can, like how yeah. quickly can I go? How easy, light, smooth? Cause I cannot if, if it goes above 140, I don't know, the bomb goes off. Like you cannot let it go above 140. So like, how much can I relax into, okay, eight minute mile, seven and a half, seven minute mile while cruising at 140. That way on race day, when I'm not constraining myself, I can just like hammer six minute miles. And it's like, it's relatively easier. Did, yeah. But like, 
how does, how does an individual go? I just want to run. Is this something you started when you were a kid? Is this like a, do you have family that are runners? Like, are you an athlete? Do you come from athletes? That's the question. I pretty average athletic. Like, like I was, I played varsity soccer in, in high school. I was team captain, did not play D one in college. So I, I like I, that level of athlete, like somewhere between like, I was like kind of star athlete in high school, wasn't good enough to make the D one team at Stanford, played a lot of ultimate Frisbee and just generally kept in shape in college, not a superstar athlete by any means. And then I just started, I ran my first half marathon. I just loved it. It just like, it hurt so good. Mm. Like as soon as I crossed the finish line, I was like, Ooh, yeah, and then you're hooked. Got hooked. Like bought, I bought a bike got into swimming, got into open water swimming, just like get out there with the dolphins and shit. Like I just, I just got hooked and I just, I love it. I love getting after it. You're a, yeah, you're not a, you're not a, when I think of you, I really, I get the business and everything is a big part of you, but it's really fascinating to hear you talk about yourself because you ooze life, you ooze authenticity and light. You talk about just moving your body in the way that I think I talk about moving my body, but in the way that I feel crazy about when I talk about moving my body, when I like hold people accountable, just fucking move, just, just try it. You'll love it. I promise. Like, I feel like a psychopath about it, but so many of our listeners, like we have this great thing on Mondays called mental health Monday. Okay. So we go live every Monday and we talk about mental health in a different way. And physical fitness is one of those things that I talk about just intensely and on like repeat until people just get it in their heads. And, but when they get it, you see the light switch Mm -hmm. and something changes in them. And all of a sudden they no longer see themselves as uh, just a person living their life, but they're living their life. And that's exactly what you are right now. And I just wanted to take a second to acknowledge it because it is so necessary when doing the work that you're doing, you talk about, you know, kind of going through these stages and it seems like being a little OCD about your health. You remind me a lot of someone I know. I want to get into about what you were just saying. Like, you're like, I wear a chest strap. Let's talk about wearables. Let's talk about how and why combining, you know, fitness with wearables, diet, and then adding ketone can just up the game because so many people aren't even sure how to start. Yeah, this that's such a great topic. And I think it's a really exciting time right now where mm-hmm. I think some of the best minds of our time are thinking about health and optimization, not just what we're doing, but we're friends with you know, the people over at Levels and Aura and Whoop and all these cool wearables, you know, Peloton, uh, Wahoo, like the at-home fitness stuff, really cool, where a decade ago, everyone was, all the innovation was like getting, you know, smartphones, like iPhone V1, iPhone V2, first apps, Uber, Snapchat, Instagram. Now it feels like coming from Silicon Valley roots that a lot of the great technology thinkers are thinking about human body as a platform, which I'm, I'm excited about because human body, human body is the most advanced piece of technology that you'll ever own. And it's cool that people, instead of just thinking about optimizing Facebook ads all day are thinking about making hardware that helps you optimize your blood glucose and other biomarkers or optimize your sleep score and other biomarkers. Like how can you as a system of 
one, optimize the inputs and outputs of that system. And it's really interesting, right? Because I think that you know, we were promised this nutrition of the future and we got like acai berries and yeah. like, I don't know, coconut water, which like, I don't want to overly diss it, but it's like, it's a lot of marketing and we're at a spot now where we're now that people have blood biomarker measurements and they're able to see their, how their blood glucose is fluctuating throughout the day, then, Hey, maybe they're realizing, Hey, like coconut water is just a lot of sugar, which is fine if you're working out, but it's like, it's not just inherently healthy for you to drink sugar. If you're sitting around and people are getting more in tune with their metabolism, with their sleep, with their circadian rhythm, with their fertility. That's a big topic that a lot of people are yes. thinking about trying to solve. My friend just started a company called Conceive that's specifically dedicated on this. Lauren, I'm happy to introduce you, by the way. I think you would hit it off. With um, you must because I have so many girlfriends and I, I just tangent I this again, I do this. So many girlfriends that are struggling with fertility. And if I could talk to someone that could help give them some hope, please. Great. I'll, I just made a note. I'll connect. connect after yes. Uh, and it's cool. Like it's, it, it's cool that now is the time that, that people are treating the human body as a system and mm -hmm. great hardware, great software, great new updates and nutrition are being built where it's cool, right? When you drink, when you drink ketone IQ, you can see within minutes that your blood ketone level rises and that level of, of objectivity about how what you're eating is affecting you or not is really special. And I mean, we're not going to like, you can't like unpack, you can't repack Pandora's box once it's all escaped. Like as we are now discovering what is going on inside of our body and you can see all the time in real time beyond your, you know, once a year, 20 minute visit to your doctor, if that, like now that people are able to see it in their own hands, they're getting very wise to what they're putting into their body and why and how it's driving. Like, I don't know how many friends I have who are like, they don't touch caffeine coffee afternoon because they're fill in the blank, their whoop, their aura, their Apple watch barks at them because their sleep score goes down because caffeine stays in your system for a long, longer than you might think. And that's, I mean, that's just caffeine. And then we have, you know, blood glucose, blood ketones, and people are just getting very wise to what's going on inside of their body and playing the long game. And they have these tools to be able to do it. It's like, imagine you're driving a car and there's no dashboard. You don't know how fast you're going. You don't know how much gas is in the tank. No. You don't know if your check engine lights on. Like, And now it's like the dashboard lights are starting to come on. I think we're in the middle of it. And now all of a sudden people are thinking, oh, wow, I should put better gas. Wow. I should get my oil checked. Wow. And so like ketone, I don't know what the analogy is here that like ketones are like really good oil for your engine. Right. Like people are realizing how they're realizing that they're like driving this car and like some of the lights are blinking yep. and what the heck am I doing about it? <laughs> I know. And it's, uh, and it's interesting because you'll get people, they'll, I, I mean, me and my personal life, I'll have people who are like, no wearables, eat like shit, drink like shit, feel horrible, and then complain to me. And then I have people like my husband and I who are like blood work every three months, inside tracker, wearable devices, glucose monitors, watching what we eat. And they're like, how are you? Why do you guys like, I don't know how you guys get so much done. We're optimized. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's, I think a lot of, uh, I think you're setting a good example for a lot of people. And it's, it's good that the, that friends are at least like asking the question and that you're yes. setting an example of it's possible because 
It's so easy. Yeah. If you just ask, it's honestly not that difficult. I mean, for God's sake, i feel better drinking this than, uh, sorry, I'll say it for the listeners. I, I drank the ketone, um, IQ actually this morning, um, because I'm getting ready to go to Peru for, um, a trip for psychedelics with heroic hearts and I can't have any caffeine. And I, I, I'm out of, you know, I already don't eat much sugar. I already don't have a lot of those things in my diet. And I said, well, you know what, this would be the time to try it when I'm like super clean, clean, clean. And wowza. It's really interesting you said that about psychedelics because a lot of the ceremonial plant-based medicine rituals have some purging or fasting or diet mm-hmm. that accompanies it beforehand. And guess what happens when you do those things? When you stop eating, your body starts making ketones, which prime your brain to have a really good psychedelic experience. So it's it's like, I, I'm not, to, I'm not trying to say here, I hope it's not coming across to say like ketone IQ would replace that. It's like, you, you should still no, do that. No, not at things, all. But, but to like situate it as like ketone IQ is giving you that same exact ketone. So it's, it's a tool in your toolkit to right. get ready for a plant-based medicine journey. And you're right. There's no caffeine. There's no sugar in it. So a lot of people are using it you know, with their coffee, but a lot of people also are using it to swap out their coffee if they're trying to cut back on caffeine intake. It really, and it really does give clarity in a way that I wasn't expecting, not because I didn't think it was possible, but because I had never personally experienced anything like it besides caffeine. So it was quite impressive. I want to talk a little bit about more of psychedelics if we can dive into that, because yeah. um, something that's really fascinating, that's finally being looked at in the military, well, not just in the military, but in the veteran world um, and in the civilian world is psychedelics and brain treatments and looking at the way that we heal differently. So for example, TBI treatments, which I personally went through this year down at the resiliency brain center, um, with defenders of freedom, uh, my husband and I both had TBIs. We both got diagnosed and we went down there and, you know, afterwards utilizing psychedelics while the brain is firing on that level, it's, it's an amazing result. I've never, I never thought I could feel this good, uh, in terms of my brain functioning. Uh, I just thought that was the normal and then going and getting to try something like this without caffeine too, because caffeine is horrible for brain health. Vasoconstriction. Um, mm-hmm. right? It squeezes all your blood vessels. You don't get enough blood flow. Exactly. And I already have that issue. So let's, let's get into how this can help with not only just psychedelics on its own though, for, um, these types of issues. Yeah. It's really interesting. You mentioned TBI. I think before jumping into TBI, there's, there's some really interesting stuff there. I think helpful to set the overall, their overall context on why our brains are just ketone machines where basically humans have large brains. We have the largest brain, the highest functioning brain of all the species, right? Like we're able to have higher order thought in a way that no other species are with this large brain. Why do we have this large brain? Well, it's because we spend a long time as infants w- developing our brain. We spend you know, five, six years before your a child is able to you know, operate on their own versus like a baby dog is able to start kind of walking around and eating stuff within like six months or or even even less uh human brains spend five six years developing it takes a lot of energy to develop a human brain and that is not met by glucose alone your brain needs ketones during that period so they say like breast milk gets turned into ketones that help to grow the brain babies 
and infants and young children make a lot of ketones to help their brain grow. The brain can't use fat. It can use sugar, cannot use fat. And if it's using fat, it needs to turn that fat into ketones. So our brains are these ketone machines. And there's a lot of adaptations that we've made along the way in order to be able to like have more of a diet around that, the ability to hunt and eat meat and eat fish and, and eat foods that are high in fats to help support that, that growing brain. And okay, so our, brain, our brains are really good at ketone machines. Ketones cross the blood brain barrier. Once, if you're fasting for a day or two, or like you're on the savanna and you haven't eaten in a day or two, you run low on blood sugar. You're, if people don't know that, your blood sugar is a very short-term battery that can last like a day or two. If you're, if you're eating a lot of sugar, which ancient humans weren't, your body runs low on sugar. Fat can't cross the blood-brain barrier. Your body starts making ketones. Ketones cross the blood-brain barrier. They supply your neurons with fuel. So, okay, your brains are really good at using ketones. What's going on with TBI research, Alzheimer's research kind of connected to that is super fascinating where, okay, when you get a TBI, you get a concussion, there's damage done at the moment of impact. There's also swelling that takes place that blocks nutrition from coming into the brain for days or weeks after that, which causes ongoing damage. And then when there's scar tissue long-term that can cause you know, long-term issues with, with neurons getting enough energy. Glucose isn't that good at getting into the neurons. Is there a lot of times TBI impairs the ability for glucose, blood sugar to get into your neurons, but ketones are this super fuel where they require less oxygen to turn into cellular energy, ATP, if people remember there. Mitochondria is a power plant of the cell. <laughs> Mitochondria turns fuel into ATP, which is the cellular currency of your, of your cells. So ketones can go through a different pathway than glucose. They don't require as much oxygen and they create less oxidative stress. So less free radical buildup, less of like the gunk. If your, if your cells are engine parts, they're always producing gunk, but glucose produces a lot more gunk. Ketones produce a lot less gunk. So for a number of reasons, people are looking at TBI, both acute, like right after a TBI, like drink ketones, don't eat sugar get ketones circulating through your system, get your body making ketones, drink ketones, um, as well as we're doing, we are actually doing a big study with ongoing TBI. Uh, so chronic TBI, where people are doing keto diet and or having exogenous ketones, which is what ketone IQ is a ketone that's generated outside of your body. Exogenous means. Um, so it's really interesting area of, of uh, looking at different brain function and how ketones can rescue that and how it all ties into our evolutionary adaptation where like our, our brain is on purpose really good at using ketones. Couple that with psychedelics and you're looking at a way different way of healing. Yes. We're basically, basically whenever there's a high energy demand from your brain, ketones are really effective. So including infant brain development when we were all infants and including as an adult, when you are highly stressed, when you're exercising really hard, when you're on something psychoactive, whenever your brain is going through a lot and has a high energy demand, it's okay, what energy are you supplying your brain with in that situation? Yeah, how clean is that energy? How, yes. where are you getting it from? Can we talk a little bit about uh, blood types with this, because you were, you just said something that was uh, fascinating, which was 
you know, when you're talking about the fat can't cross the blood brain barrier and you're talking about, um, things that to do with glucose, well, glucose, that's what happens when TBI patients start to drop off, right? That's one of the things is you start to show the, you know, um, diabetic symptoms out of the blue for no reason. And it would make no sense. That's something we went through with my husband with figuring out his issues. Hey, you, have you checked in with yourself today? How are you doing? How are you feeling? Have you had enough water? This is your midday check-in, brought to you by Midday Squares. Big breath in. <sighs> I'm back at it. So when you're looking at um, when you're looking at adding this in, how much of a difference is that going to make for somebody that's a diabetic? This is super interesting. So, did your husband have? He, he was, he was having diabetic type issues like insulin resistance, basically. So what had happened was my husband is a retired professional supercross racer. So he raced in the AMA, um, supercross ser- series, and he has had, um, a multitude of head hits over an extended period of time on a really serious level. The issue became as he aged, we didn't realize any of these were issues until all of a sudden he just dropped one day dropped to the ground and everything shut off and no one in Canada could figure out what the problem was. They're like, Oh, he's diabetic. He's got these issues. It's a blood sugar problem. It's, you know, they looked at everything, but a TBI. And what we started to see was massive diabetic uh, sugar swings, just like my family is diabetic. So I've seen this before. And we put a continuous glucose monitor on him to watch that. And it was it was intense. I've never seen swings in sugar like that before in my life based off of the most clean eating as well. Um, so that's when we saw that that's when that had happened for him. Interesting. Okay. So when people have Alzheimer's, it's often considered type three diabetes or I guess rewinding just so everyone knows what diabetes the, the type that most people get is called type two diabetes. That's the non-genetic kind. That's a, the kind of diabetes that you get when you eat too much sugar over the course of your life, where the, the bio one I want to on this is that when you eat sugar, your blood sugar spikes, when you eat carbohydrates in general, especially processed carbohydrates, your blood sugar spikes, your pancreas releases insulin. So your blood insulin spikes to address that glucose. If you do that habitually over time, you develop insulin resistance. Like insulin keeps spiking and then eventually it no longer works. So we're all on some spectrum of pre-diabetic it's diabetes is not this like black and white switch where one day you have it. We're all on some spectrum of insulin resistance or not. Alzheimer's is highly correlated with diabetes, like math, like 70% correlation. And there's been some really interesting research where Alzheimer's patients seem to have a inability to metabolize glucose in the brain. And in fact, when they go ketogenic, so when they eat a lower carb diet, when they get induce their body to start making more ketones, they're able to reverse the symptoms of Alzheimer's that basically what I was saying before, where ketones are able to get into the neurons through different pathway from glucose. And so when, when someone is has Alzheimer's and that's due to an inability of the brain to metabolize glucose, ketones are able to rescue cognitive function. So I don't know the exact situation with your husband where it was like it, 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 same, like broad principle applies with TBI and Alzheimer's, where if there's some interference, there's some reduction in 
brain metabolism, hypometabolism, like not enough metabolism going on with glucose that ketones can rescue neuron activity. Because did, have... did any of the doctors, anyone like, like suggest a ketogenic diet or anything like oh, that? Oh, oh dear. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you know about Canada. Okay. We have this thing called free healthcare. And uh, really what that means is like, let's put you on a medication and then just send you to the next doctor because we don't actually want to take a lot of the time to dive into, you know, we have some great doctors in Canada, but the situation we were in happened to fall right during COVID, right? Where we couldn't go into offices, getting into the ER was, a, you know, difficult. Then uh, we were, because we use cannabis, well, I use cannabis. He happened to use it that day. They deemed him a drug addict and wouldn't provide care. So, you know, there's a whole host of issues that went with this. And ultimately what had happened is we finally got in touch with some special operators that are friends of mine, uh, Ron, who connected me with Defenders of Freedom and the Resiliency Brain Center. And uh, they took a look at his blood work and all of these different things and said, look, we think we can help here. And they were the only ones. So we actually flew down to America to uh, work on these issues. At that time, once we got down there, that's when the conversations about um, sugars and the blood and all of these things started to change. And that's when we started to look at diet in a very significant way and start looking at eating for blood type. Great. Yeah, yeah that, I, that, sound, that makes a lot of sense. And some really good research there that this is not just me, not just like research that I did in my whatever. This is, like, <laughs> this is actually people unaffiliated even with my company, I just read a lot of the literature. It sounds like you do too, where, mm -hmm. where there's really solid mounting evidence around reducing sugar and increasing your blood ketones, either, either through inducing your body to make its own ketones and, or drinking external ketones, ketones, you know, a combination of both where that's able to help a lot of people with different types of cognitive impairment. So um, it's super interesting. And it, and it's, it is weird. Like what you're saying with the whole, I don't even think you need to be a tinfoil hat person these days <laughs> to say that it like the medical system is like stupid. Like it is, yeah. a, it is not a conspiracy. It's like a conspiracy <laughs> that literally everyone agrees with. So I don't know if it's a conspiracy, even like my doctor friends are like, yeah, the system's broken. Like I, there's no one who's like, yeah, the I, America has its own set of problems, obviously. And so does Canada. And I, I don't know if anyone has it all figured out. I, I don't think so. Where, no. where, like throwing pharmaceuticals at it, like chucking it over, like it just, why aren't we looking at diet first? It's like, we're, we're so zoomed into like, it's like we developed some super expensive specialized engine degunker when it's like, Hey, like zoom out, like maybe the gas that you're putting into your brain, your brain, into your overall, into your mouth, into your overall body as a system is trash. Like, why are we developed? We developed the like $10,000 engine degunker before we ask the question of like, Hey, why don't I just eat cleaner? So there's less of a less gunk buildup. It's cause like your doctor can't prescribe you like to stop eating sugary cereal and go eat avocados and eggs instead <laughs> and, and like cut out the sugar, eat healthy fats. Like there's no money there. There's no pharmaceutical company that gets paid out on that. And and I would say just to connect the dots is why it's so exciting right now is a time where, where people are able to, I think we're in the postmodern period of medicine where, where maybe the, the 20th century, the 1900s were all about like, okay, best practices. And what does Johns Hopkins and the Mayo Clinic say? And what does Cedar sinai say? What is like, what are the best doctors say? Okay, let's listen to them. 
And that knocked out like a lot of low hanging fruit. But now we're in this period where like that system ain't working anymore. And now everyone's wearing their devices. They're going to different alternative medical providers. They're taking it into their own hands. They're saying, hey, look, like my doctor who spends 20 minutes with me a year and then chucks pharmaceuticals at me, like that ain't it. Like that can be part of the equation. Like if you need a, if you need an MRI, go to the hospital, right? Like if you, if you, but like have that play its part into your overall health agenda, which you need to run. Your doctor is not running for you. You need to run as a person. No one's got your back except for you. And I think that's so I'm, I love, I don't know that I've ever heard in an interview talk that way. And I, and I'm glad you did because it's one thing to talk about health and it's about all of these amazing things that ketones can do and the science and why in the, all of this, but let's look at exactly why amazing companies like you and everyone else are like on the fringe, like we're getting there now, but why are you guys like those people? You're those people because you're right pharmaceutical companies can't prescribe this. Pharmaceutical companies can't tell you to, Hey, that Coke, maybe 12 is too much. Let's go there. But you also yeah. can't say that in society too, though. Right. Cause that's fat shaming or that's being cruel about people. That is looking at things. You're looking at things in a very real, um, realistic way, but ultimately we can't say that because then anybody who is slightly overweight or anybody that chooses to eat Chick-fil-A, you know, three days a week, that that's being, you know, that's, that's not being inclusive and that's being nice. When the reality is if we just stopped and for like two seconds, because well, during COVID plenty of doctors were telling and teaching people how to not get away with going to the doctor without them weighing you. That is insanity to me. Are you kidding me? The fact that I can't address that my patient would be either pre-diabetic or is on um, take an antidepressant and a blood pressure medication because they can't stop eating or doing something like why can't we just take accountability for ourselves and put our own healing and our own health into our own hands? Listen, I've had 21 surgeries now. I couldn't have performed those on my own. I can't put a shoulder back together. I'm very aware of that know the line, stay within your lane. But what I can do is I can take these things. I can put an Apple watch on. I can put a whoop strap on, which I do want to get. I can put all of these things on my body. I can go get blood tests and go to inside tracker and work at all these people and just go, Hey, maybe what I thought was working isn't working. And there's a better way to do it because clearly the way we've been doing it is wrong. The way we've been looking at mental health is wrong. The way that we've been treating veterans with their mental care and just putting pharmaceuticals on is wrong. And so I think it's okay to talk about this, but that's exactly why we can't. Because if we do, you'll be seen as this like very cruel, callous, non-inclusive individual. Yeah. I, I wonder where that comes from. It's it really is just like, what do people want out of life? Like everything's calculated risk. Like, I don't know. I right. ski really hard. I do double blacks. Maybe I'll crash into a tree one day. Hope not. Um, I, I try to be measured about it, but yeah, we all take some risk and that's life. And it's just like, what risk do you want to take though? Cause I think some of the risks are not worth it. Like, right. I think eating unhealthy and feeling low energy and then having terrible biomarkers and then dying early. It's like, what? what was the upside there? You know what I mean? Right. Like, is it, do you, like, you can kind of, if you adjust to like a healthier diet, like your taste buds will adapt and then you'll start to love the taste of healthy food, like sa- salmon and smoothies. And like, wh- like, you'll start to love the things that you thrive off of. Like, it's not, 
it's not that much of a leap but you know it's a free free country free free world right. in a lot of the parts of the world it's like people can do whatever they want and and i think that that freedom ought to be there if people want to live fast die young smoke marlboro reds like okay you know like who's who yeah, am but- i to stop them who are we to stop them but it's like i think a lot of people don't want that and i think be, i think being able to have like your questions answered is is it should be a fundamental right i think what's interesting right with like where we're at right now with like blood, you know, we, we talk about um, getting your insight tracker. Like what is cool is, is we're coming to a spot where like you can get your bloods, like your, your readout, and then you can shop it around. I think that's, what's cool. Like you can go to your regular doctor, but you can also go to four other doctors. You can go to right. online doctor. You can go to this doctor. You can go holistic medicine specialties. You, and you can more than now, more than ever. It's like that data is yours. And then you can go to a, you can get a few different opinions, the same like in the past, I think it was a little harder to get a second, third opinion. And it's all right. trapped within the like medical system, whether it's Canadian or American or whatever. But now there's that freeing of like, okay, I got my bloods tracked. And then, okay, actually, I can actually track one or two of those on a daily basis with my, my CGM or my, my aura. And I'm going to keep tracking those. And I'm going to check in with my chosen constellation of experts, my maybe you do have, like, I don't think you should not talk to your MD, but like, you should talk to your MD, but you should also talk to some like a bunch of other too. people. Yeah. yeah. And then like bring it all down to planet earth, like collate it down. To, okay. What is my actual action plan here? I think that's an exciting time that we're in. And I, I think that's, I think one job that is going to exist that exists a little, like a little bit right now, but is going to be really big in the future is going to be like a, a personal health steward, like someone to like Ooh. sit and next to you like the way your real estate agent helps you buy a house like someone to sit next to you and like they're not your doctor per se but they're helping you to like collate across all yeah. of the different doctors hey your one doctor said this like your generalist said this your hematologist said this your holistic medicine specialist said this you're this like and like help collate it bring it all down to earth the way that you the way that you would for like your husband if your husband is sick but like can that be a paid profession oh yeah that, that role is going to take off Oh, I'm considering it immediately. I know exactly what you're talking about because after these health issues we went through with him and then subsequently with me, we have more doctors and more professionals and like galaxy members than we've ever had. It is intense. I'm like, what did, what did doc G say? Okay. What did he say? What did she say? Like it's, it's wild. And you're, who's the hub of the wheel, right? It's like, exactly. It's like either it's your husband for his own issues or like you are the advocate for yep. your husband, which is great. But I think that it could be interesting because like, right. It doesn't feel like anyone in the constellation outside of like literally patient and the spouse of patient, like there's no one who's actually like advocating, like stitching the whole picture together. Right. And it's great if you are, if you can be there for yourself, but you know, some medical issues, you can't actually be there all the way for yourself. Right. Or if your spouse can be there, but that's a- asking a lot. It's like, it's not crazy to me to say like, when you're going through a medical issue, or if you have chronic medical issue that you're paying someone X dollars a month to be the patient advocate, the same way that you would for your, your ailing parent or your, ailing, right. your spouse or whatever. Um, but it makes total sense. I can see that becoming yeah. a, a great profession and it being, it's like having your own health assistant. 
someone that just helps you manage your life. It's like a life coach, but for your health and the wellness of your body. And I think that is going to, I can't see how that's not going to blow up. I mean, if you look at, if you look at the way people are starting to organize their life with importance, especially after COVID, what really matters, people are really taking a, a moment. I think out of everything I can take from COVID as it being as irritating as it was, um, on like several levels, I'm sure coming, be owning a company, you're a co-founder. Like we haven't even talked about HVMN. So I'm super sorry. Um, but no, let's go you, into it. Yeah. You, yeah. Let's get into it. So like bring, bring me past that, but I'm sure this has not been easy for you either. Yeah. It's, it's been, it's been a tough couple of years. You know, I think a lot of moving parts in the world, a lot of ambient distress levels and questions and supply chain issues and yeah. all, all that good stuff. But you know, I think a lot of times the great companies rise from the ashes of a recession. Google probably, you know, one of the, just undeniably one of the best companies in the last hundred years. Like they, they came out of the dot-com burst. So they, Google came up when all of the companies around them were in the ashes. The dot-com bubble had just burst. Google invented freaking lightning in a bottle. And because all these companies around them burst, they were able to hire the absolute top talent. I, I fully, I worked at Google for a couple of years, not super early, but like semi-early compared to now. And I completely believe that the first thousand people that worked at Google were like geniuses because of that context. So like, you always have to see the yeah. lightning, the, the um, silver lining in the clouds where they're like, Absolutely. hey, when it's a recession, well, it's easier to recruit top talent. Yeah. When it, when the economy is booming, Hey, the next company next to you wants to pay $300,000 to someone to do like an easier job. It's really hard <laughs> yeah. to re recruit that person over versus recessions. Like, Hey, there's talented people that like weirdly don't have a job and like you have your pick of the litter. Which is not, I mean, it's a fantastic way of looking at it. I do love that. So how did you start this company? What, what made you go, okay, we're going to, we're going to throw all in here. Okay. So we, st I first started entrepreneuring almost a decade ago in 2014, I started a company called Nootrobox. My co-founder and I started it. it was, we were the first nootropics company to go on Shark Tank, which is the American version of Dragon's Den. Oh no, no, I know exactly what it is. And I'm, I'm having understand. a flashback because I feel like I might've seen you on it. That's why I'm laughing right now. Yeah, How did I we, not we're, those? We, were, we were on it. It was great. We, our old thesis then was, Hey, everyone drinks. A lot of people drink caffeine, a billion cups of coffee or drink every day. There's other stuff that you can combine with caffeine to provide a better performance profile than caffeine alone. So we had Nutribox did amazing, built this amazing platform. We were in vice and Bloomberg. They all like, they were like come in our office and film us. And we we're very much in like just pushing smart, smart drugs, did the shark tank thing. And we built this amazing platform. And then we started broadening out. I got into marathoning. We got into intermittent fasting and all the amazing benefits there. My co-founder and I did a seven-day fast, water only. And Ooh. yeah, it was a, that was was a that, How was that? Can you give me a it quick, was, how was that? It was cool. I mean, I, I feel like it permanently changed me and, made, and, and gave me a really healthy relationship with food where I'm able to decouple the like hedonic enjoyment aspect, which is very important. You got to live life and also the like nutrition, what do you actually need right now to 
get go forward in your day and decoupling those where like you kind of want to polarize it's like I, I love good food you know go out on a weekend or going out on vacation like let's 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 have a have a ball but on a Tuesday afternoon it's, it's all performance like what calories right. like how many dollars can I make in my business per calorie I'm eating like I'm just a uh -huh. robot about it like how do I <laughs> How do I, how do I turn those into like, you know, I run, I just got, I just ran this morning. I, my normal run around Griffith, Griffith park here in LA, like how do I turn calories into the things I want to do in life? Like if we're human body is a, is a system with inputs and outputs. Okay. So we had, we had this nootropics company and we started broadening out into marathoning and fasting and metabolic health. And this was around when like bulletproof coffee was taking off and everyone was yeah. checking out the ketogenic diet. And my co-founder and I, we saw, okay, when you do endurance sports, your body makes ketones. When you drink bulletproof coffee and eat low sugar, it's to make your body make ketones. When you're doing intermittent fasting, by day three, four of our fast, we were doing blood pricks to see our ketone levels. Ketone levels were super high. You got like three, four millimole per liter of ketones. So we're doing all these, we were doing all these activities and the word ketone kept coming up. This idea of like metabolic flexibility, getting your body to make more ketones kept coming up. And then we asked the, the dumb slash smart question of, Hey, if ketones are so good, why can't I go to the store and buy a freaking ketone? I can buy a shot of vitamin C. I can buy collagen. I can buy omega threes. Ketones are the bee's knees. Why can't I just go and buy a ketone? And it, it sounded like a basic question. Okay, yeah, let's do a launch a ketone. Um, but it's been it's been years because you know doing new stuff is really hard. Our first version was extremely expensive. It was thirty dollars a shot. We sold that to the DoD special operators <laughs> were really interested in it. Tour de France riders were interested in it. It tasted like absolute battery acid. But we got like a proof of concept with super high performers. And then that went so well, you know, is a proof of concept again, only with like a very elite niche, but it was enough of a proof of concept where earlier this year in January of 22, we launched ketone IQ, which is basically everything that we learned working with the DOD and elite performers. We brought down the price by two thirds. We made the packaging way cooler. We improved yeah, the flavor. Really nice. It still tastes a little crazy. It still tastes like Jägermeister. I don't know. It still tastes just, a little crazy. It's just different, but the packaging is great. I do have to acknowledge that. And it's very explanatory. It's very simple. I I think it's it, it looks really nice. Thanks. I'll pass it on to my design team. You know, I was uh I think we could do a whole other episode just on like entrepreneurship. It's there's a lot I would about. die to do one. You just tell me when. That yeah, like basically the early days when it was me and my co-founder, like. I was the designer. Our stuff did not look this good. The best thing I've done is like hire good people and get out of their way. So right? Delegate. I'll pass the feedback on to the team. Good. Well, thanks. I love that, man. Um, so then you decided you were going to do this and you did it and you did all the work and I, and you got the government to pay for it. I mean, yeah, we, you nailed yeah, it. I, it's good to have a customer, you know, a big customer when you're going into it. And then you know, we raised some capital and we did, we did not do a deal with the sharks, unfortunately, but, um, we, we got some other, we actually raised our valuation after shark tank and then got other investors in. So yeah, obviously. All right. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, I mean, great play. Well done. I mean, that's the key. If you're not going to get when you're getting the exposure, which gives you so much more opportunity. Right. So I think that's yeah. fantastic. There's always an upside, right? Yes. Yeah. That's the thing. I think that's a good, 
meta lesson that you're making me reflect on here too is like there's always an upside like you never know in life how things pan out and so you might as well you don't really know when things happen to you you don't really know if they're like good or like you say you launch a product and it fails like you want to tell yourself it's bad but maybe it's genius and maybe it's the most genius thing you did was like you threw a lot at it so it failed quickly like i'd rather fail in like six months like we've launched products that didn't go anywhere like ketone iq is not our first product by any means like we've launched other secondary side products that like total duds ketone iq i don't know we just sold like 75k of it in a day i think it was our best day ever because because i was on the lance's podcast it was amazon prime day like it was i'm sure we're gonna beat that best again too but it's um we launched products that didn't do 75k in like six months so like i've seen both sides of it and like sometimes it ain't pretty and it just depends on the story that you tell yourself on it where like when that product is a dud it's actually a turn all your L's into lessons, right? It's like, okay, this exactly. didn't work. I'm super stoked. I, I figured that out quickly. If you're going to L, do it quick. Pack up your bags, lose quickly. And then, and get on to the next thing. And no one cares. That's another key thing. I would say, you got to be anti-fragile in this world, especially if you're an entrepreneur, especially if you're going after it. The good thing about failing at stuff is that when you fail, no one freaking cares. And I think right. people need to realize that that was, that's lesson that I did not internalize. It took years to internalize. Like take a simple example. Like you tweet something out or you put an Instagram post out and no one likes it. Look, no one liked it. So therefore it didn't get circulated out and therefore no one saw it. And therefore no one cares. Go delete the post if you want or not. Like literally no one cares. On the other hand, if that post goes viral, cool. You cool. You're viral. Now a lot of people know you, but like there's the downside in life for trying is way less than you think. Cause if it doesn't work, you don't lose any points off of the board. You just don't gain points. So get after it, take the shot. If it doesn't work, literally no one cares. So no one cares, only you care, but you can just choose to not care and get on with the next thing and just keep taking shots on goal. Like it's only, you can only add points. You can never lose points in life. You can only add points. And so if something doesn't add points, don't feel bad. Just like learn whatever lesson and then like take another shot. Right. Try to get more points. That's the key. Keep taking shots, man. Oh, wow. I think that's, I think that was like the best ending to a podcast I've ever had. Dude. Wow. Okay. Well, can you tell everyone where they can go buy ketone IQ, how they can support HVMN, how they can help you guys, how they can do anything. Listen to all your shows. I know Lance Armstrong. I'm sure that everyone can find that. Um, but where else can they listen to you? What can they do to support? Yeah. Check me out on social. I'm at BDM underscore runner. And our company is at HVMN. Check us out. Say what's up. Like we, I love to hear from people if they're entrepreneurs, building stuff, if you're doing any training for anything, if you are doing any kind of biohacking, testing things out, just love to hear from people. I, I like to build in public and, and share a lot about what I'm working on. love to hear from people, connect with other people that are at you know, doing other interesting things in life. So don't be, don't be shy. Love to hear it. Yeah. Your Instagram is a great follow. I, I love it. Um, gotta love your thumbnails and your cover art, man. It's uh, you take time yep. and then I can see it and that makes a difference. Thanks. I'm working on it. I'm, I'm going to be the next big influencer. It's I'm manifesting it. I've been, I, I put, I can tell you, I put a lot of energy over the last 
few years into like the business and like the supply chain and the science and hiring a great team. And now it's, I'm, we're thankfully we're at a point where I can spend a little bit more time going on podcasts, making good content, like being more, more good. out there. So I think I've like, I'm, I'm going to be the next influence. I'm not that I'm not your hundred K blue check mark yet, but I'm the next, next one. Just watch. Listen, I don't doubt it. Not even for a single second and I'll meet you there at the top. Okay. My friend. Yeah. I'll see you at the top of the mountain. All right, everyone. Thanks so much. Good vibes. Really good vibes. Really appreciate this conversation. Dude. Thank you. I'm so glad you stick with me. Everyone else. That's Michael. We'll see y'all next week. 